In the ongoing quest to find balance and renewed health, veterans and active military members have often been at the forefront of these conversations. We've recently partnered with Veterans for Healing to share veteran stories of what's worked for them as they've navigated the depth of trauma they experienced in combat. These stories and the information discussed are not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek your trusted physician or other qualified health provider's advice with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. For more information on today's episode, visit htcpod.com slash stories of healing. Well, Jim, I want to jump right into it because I am just honored that you're here because Mm -hmm. we are halfway through the first part of this stories of healing and you're the CEO of Veterans for Healing. So where does your story start with that? Yeah, it's an interesting, I think, like whether you choose to become part of something or it chooses you, right? So whether you choose to have the conversation, you know, and start a company or and finally in and in Cala or it chooses you is kind of the, the piece of life where are we really kind of masters of our destiny or is it just like we're adapting to what we're being called to do? So, you know, Fabian and the people I've met through him, the vets, kind of made that choice when you're a young person in a coal mining wasn't seen as valuable and, and where do you go? So I think when I first met Fabian here in Piper's Glen, where I've lived for 40 years, uh, it was like almost that calling, right? So I've lived a full life, you know, I'm 60 years old, been a municipal council, done a bunch of different things. But at that point, I had no idea what he was calling me to. I had no idea that, hey, Jim, I want you to be the CEO of whatever or whatever he's saying. And I'm going like, yeah, whatever. But it was more about the sense that Fabian's passion, commitment, dedication, all those words kind of wrapped out. in, And then Fabian's undeniable kind of like charismatic craziness about his mission just brought me into the idea. (laughs) It is. And so I said, yes, you know, without thinking it through. And and I'm glad I did because I think for me, it's brought my life, I think in the practice of community and the way that I've learned about the importance of creating safe space and um, the idea of creating an opportunity for people to belong through doing things, right? So you can belong through a conversation. That's one way. But after the conversation's over, who's there to help clean up the party? Or, you know, I'm just using an analogy, right? So we have the party the night before, but who's there the next day to kind of help us put it back together? And I think that's where I've really aligned with Fabian because I think my life has really led me to understand the importance of space, wherever that is, importance of leadership in terms of being generous, in service to others and then the importance of creating some structure that allows for so the choices that are important for you today while you're in the structure we need you so the the importance of am i needed first thing in the morning no but here's my choices to do things i am needed at certain parts of the day which give me a sense of purpose and that responsibility but having that as a growth mechanism rather than i work 10 hours a day i'm so tired all i need to do is go home and watch tv it's kind of trying to find this new balance point where we have this amazing place where we can create space for people to come who have dedicated their lives uh, to serving country or serving others, and then learn to serve yourself, but also have that place to be in service again, right? So it's kind of like that beautiful dance that Fabian drew me into. And I believe it's, like I say, I believe it's the culmination of not everything I've done in my life, but certainly the lessons I've learned the hard way and the experiences that I've had uh, allow me to be pretty humbly in that role of CEO, but also I think as a, as both an apprentice with Fabian and a mentor with Fabian, you know, kind of both of those things that I'm there to learn with him and I'm there to help shape some of that learning we do together in trying to create what he has as a dream. And that we've already had, I think a fairly important kind of learning together already on which is being good brothers together and then Julianne being good brothers and sisters together (laughs) and then with lots of the vets is learning to trust each other so who is this guy in the woods and what's (laughs) he bringing here Jim 
I wanted to ask That's you- That's a long introduction. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. In part of your, uh, what you sent over to us, you mentioned like wandering into the woods and just running into Fabian and Julianne. I want to hear that story, how you guys met. Sounds kind of whimsical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very whimsical because I've been here for a long, like, you know, I moved from Ontario when I was 21 or something and, and landed in this place. I've spent a lot of time just wandering the woods and that's kind of part of my, you know, my practice of life is just to be unintentionally bumping into things, no matter what they are, whether it's wildlife or trees or the brook. And then the one day where um, I was going up to the falls and then passing through where I knew that the property there would lead out to the road and there was Fabian and Julianne and um, he was new to the place so he wasn't very aware of everything and so just as surprised as I was to see him he was totally surprised to see another human being coming out uh, and then we quickly kind of said well let's you know, and getting together, uh, inviting him up for a meal and just really getting to sink into a little bit about uh, who is this person that found themselves buying a piece of land next door to us uh, and a very important piece of land. Historically, it's been part of our community, uninhabited for a long time and logged over. So then to find someone new who right from the beginning, you could see spirit and his his mission was something unique. And I think you could see that this was going to be something after 40 years of living here and not seeing many new people move to the place that this was going to be an amazing addition. You knew that community. right away. You can tell. Yeah, <laughs> we could tell. too. We like could just too. Feel I just it, like right? the validation. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's interesting to hear you talk like that, Jim, because Absolutely. That's, that's how I felt when Kala approached me with this idea. It was the same kind of like, we've always been, I mean, we knew each other previous to have the conversation, but I have always looked at you, Cal, in like a mentor and a friend, like learning from and mm -hmm. teaching at the same time. And I feel like those are the best kind of partnerships. And with Cal's passion for what have the conversation is when she asked me to be a part of it, it was just a feeling. It was like, absolutely. Like this can't go wrong, you know? I mean, I, I want to be careful saying that, <laughs> but, but it's got to be a good thing is what I felt. <laughs> this is a similar feeling. That's, very sweet. And that's it, right? So you live long enough. If you live long enough, you'll recognize those things is really the draw. Like you ask, like, where does the commitment come to any relationship? And especially after you've gotten to a certain, like you're not a teenager anymore or a young adult. So where, where do you find that opening to offer intimacy or an opening to kind of like commit to a relationship? And with Fabian, it's just easy because it's, it's kind of like, um, it's this reciprocity where you give and you get right away. It's like an immediate thing. You know, sometimes the relationship would take longer for you to kind of get to a deeper level, but with Fabian, it can go right to that level right away. Um, and it, it's not something he says, it's more just the way he holds the space. And, um, and he's had a huge influence on the people that he's been involved with in entrusting themselves on this journey of recovery. Like he's had a huge influence on them because he, that inner drive that he has that just emanates from him is, uh, is something unique. And yet, you know, if we, if we recognize that it's the, it's the way that uh, Akala can help you and we can all help and mentor each other. So if we looked at really creating a society again, we just add babies and grandparents all into that mix. And because one person can spin that off, they don't have to become a guru. You know what I mean? You don't have to become, it's not about you, Fabian. It's about what you've created in terms of the welcoming space, the generosity of spirit, the offerings that we can give each other, the choices we can give each other. And in that way, it kind of goes with this structure and the total improvisation of life, right? So coming from structure, uh, which is, in the military and then being given the choices. If you go off the cliff with that, it doesn't work, right? But I think what Fabian's leaning into is creating that structure that has the choices. Mm -hmm. So we support the sort of things that people need to be able to function day to day, their medicine, some rituals, some space, and then giving the opportunities to have choices. You wanna go play drums. Is it, is it about 
you know, having a, a workshop on something? Is it about, you know, uh, taking a canoe trip? Is it about you need to kind of just um, do some solo meditation with someone? It's about, you know, art. It's about whatever. But having it's that kind of fabian in this only. Yeah. And I think that's the dream where I don't see. There's no disconnect in my life. Now, no. Jim, the, yeah. stru the structure that you're talking about, is that, are those, are you referring to the pillars? For, for veterans for healing? I think, yeah, I think the, I think if you break down the pillars, it's like proper use of medicine. It's clinical support for your injury so that you do have a professional piece on it. Then moving into the aftercare, once you've actually provided that responsibility back to us, you know, as the support or the people offering it, it's not just giving to you. It's like, how do we give back? Then there's the opportunity to really see as Fabian sees it, that you've kind of earned your way. You kind of, it's not like, brownies or girl guides or whatever and you get your badges but it's just recognition that all of us are responsible right all of us yeah. are responsible and it's not just here let me fix you let me fix you well it doesn't it's not the same as uh what do i have to do and what can we do together and who's my team here and then yeah it's ownership it's where... responsibility for self for sure and it's nice to have support when you're trying to figure out who you are so you do need oh, people. Big time, right? That risk of, of growth in, in that way that we can be in uncomfortable situations and be led to the uncomfortable situations because the structure allowed us to choose it, right? Not being thrown in it, but just being guided to it, which, you know, um, we're just- You're very spiritual. <laughs> I know, we got deep so fast. Yeah. I'm just trying to catch up. This is not at all how I thought this conversation was going to go. So I'm sorry if I feel a little caught off guard. It's just interesting to see how you got to this point with Fabian. I think that explains a lot that that really is the theme through Veterans for Healing, through Gaff House. I mean, it really is all about a oneness within yourself, but then like a oneness within like the community of people who are going to help you get there. And I think it's a really beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, and we were up at 5.30 this morning, Fabian and I, Julianne, are up at 5 and in the woods by 5.36. And we were just um, cutting a trail to this really beautiful old growth forest that we just discovered. And I've been here 40 years and I'm just <laughs> laughing because there's so much I don't know about the place I live and that <laughs> Fabian and I found it last week. Um, so we're cutting the trail and just talking about the other relationship or the community is the community of a place that would allow. So we're talking about building this trail right along this beautiful 200, 300 foot uh, steep, steep escarpment going down to the river. We have these beautiful views and we're just talking about how we can invite people to do their barefoot walk by themselves to find that community, like the community of feeling like you belong from outside any human. You don't have to do anything. This is, you can talk to yourself if it's talk therapy you need, but really just to be uh, free in your spirit, to let things go, let things be, um, not being judged. Uh, we were just having that conversation about community again, creating opportunities for a safe journey for the individual to be surrounded by the beauty of nature in a way that really lets them go. Mm -hmm. so, I feel like you would have to get know, to a real oneness within yourself to be able to understand these big picture realizations that you have. What was your experience? How, how have you been able to get to that point in your life? Yeah, I think, I think both my mother and father were hugely influential. I have like six brothers and sisters. So a bit bigger family than you, Kala, but just like, uh, a, mix a lot of, of family, mustards out there. I was in the middle. A lot I love of mustards it. out there. <laughs> and I was in the middle being quite a troublemaker. So you're kind of always poking the brothers and sisters around you to get a reaction. That was my game. And I think from doing that throughout my life, my mother always taught me to just really value people no matter who they are. Like it didn't matter who was in our house, you value them. Whether it was my teenage friends who were, could be questionable chums <laughs> for me to hang out with, or it was um, someone who came in a house who was a newcomer uh, to the community. 
you open yourself up to their their experience and their journey. And my dad was incredibly passionate about uh, understanding the world and doing something about it. So I think both of them have led me to kind of take the risk and base it back on people or or the relationship. Uh, so in taking that's like the risk, my dream some, some, as a mother. That's amazing <laughs> that you got that. That's pretty fantastic. Well, it's not without its bumps and bruises and humble, For sure. like really knocked flat on my ass lots of times. Um, Been there. And, and, I, and I think up. the second, <laughs> I did get up yeah. And I think the second part of the journey of finding um, that kind of courage to be vulnerable uh, is found in like Margaret, uh, my partner and I have been together 40 years, but we've opened our life. We have three birth children, but we've also had the opportunity to have a number of young people who, uh, who needed foster care live here. Um, and, you know, for long periods of time, five years and sometimes longer as, as Jeanette, who's our daughter now has been with us for 15. Um, but every time I went into one of those relationships, I thought I knew something. Like I thought I had something I could count on. And every time I'm wrong <laughs> in terms of the approach, the approach the individual makes, what do you need to understand about this person? And you make so many mistakes. And the beauty of those relationships is uh, they would trust me to stay with me, but they didn't abandon me in, in terms of trying to find out what, what was the thing we needed to learn most about each other? What Jim do you need to know about me? so you can learn how to treat me the way I need to be treated right now. Mm -hmm. um, and the, I think that's honestly, it's not a spiritual practice as in a kind of work it through, but just putting yourself out there and then finding yourself touched by the lives of others in a way that um, I just, I'm honored all the time when I'm around people and their stories and especially young people in their stories of their trauma that they don't have a clue what it was when their mother abandoned them or they don't have a clue what it felt like they just don't feel they belong and so they constantly have taught me that that ability to be a loving person really is just a person who's vulnerable who can say i fucked up sorry and let's try and figure this out now yeah. and in figuring it out let's let's not use words like never and let's not say always you know and things that i thought would be real basic lessons in life i'm still catching myself learning so yeah it's the simple ones that sneak by that's my experience <laughs> <laughs> yes and so you know you take a risk all the time when you're trying to start a business or or do something innovative uh, and set up something and I think that leadership comes back to having a really strong base in terms of your belief, like in yourself, which comes from me working with horses or being outdoors or just constantly being free enough in the woods to allow myself to be forgiving to myself. And then having a really loving partner, Margaret, who she doesn't love me for all the things I do well. She doesn't love me for that. She, I think that is the truth, right? I know. Yeah, I know. She loves me, I think, for my ability to do, to, to, to keep bringing the opposite of a relationship, like the yin-yang, right? So one's expanding and one's holding the space to kind of hold it back. Uh, and so that's uh, the other really strong teaching relationship is my partner, Margaret, who's total patience, total loving mother, total nurturing, total looking at the other side of the picture before, you know, you know, you actually paint it and just constantly been a, a guide, even though it's probably hell to live with me. I'm sure she doesn't want to. Uh, yeah, it's not part of the book we need to read or write. So. That's a wash. We'll do that next lifetime, right? Yeah, we'll do that next lifetime. I'll leave that one out. Now, Jim, are you a veteran uh, yourself? No, absolutely not. Like, that's what I was both wondering what the connection yeah. was. Mm -hmm. No, both my father and grandfather. So, you know, in families, how the military, maybe in the States, Calo, you would understand it, Leanne, in Canada, we didn't really talk about service. It's not a big thing in Canada. It's like not right. something Everything. that... That's how Canada is. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So while my father served in the, in the Second World War, and he was only 16 when he got in, so... And became a captain relatively young 
uh, and uh, my grandfather served in the First World War, we never talked about the experience as a way of understanding maybe who they were or some of their experiences. And in that way, I've reflected because I lived with my grandfather um, in the same room when he, I was like three until seven or eight until he died. And I was like his chum. And I sometimes reflect on that, like his wife died and I kind of moved in and I'm wondering what kind of offering I gave him as a young person who was always, I was enamored by old people. I think I just always have loved elders, the energy they bring. So I'm just wondering if that wasn't part of, because he wasn't talkative, but I certainly was, but maybe that was part of his recovery in, in terms of his life. And then my father. I love that. His, That's a beautiful way to look at that. Mm -hmm. Because it 100% yeah. has brought you full circle to this moment. And that's pretty neat to think about, big picture. Yeah. And my father, um, I spent probably the last uh, seven years traveling with him. He was all over the world before he died. Um, and really uh, got to learn a lot about him and how really uh, soft and beautiful. Uh, and, and because my mother, um, she took her own life in 19 when she was 75 oh. because she had facial neuralgia which is really painful tic de la rue it's called but it's like pain in the facial nerves and usually it comes and goes and it affects women over 50 and she had it for 20 years and during the SARS outbreak in Toronto uh, she had the worst outbreak she'd ever had and she said to herself I don't want to live like this anymore so she quietly let put it all together her exit strategy and didn't tell anyone and uh, and figured out how to do some barbiturates and take her life. So shock to the whole family, of course, because oh she was such an amazing yeah. person, but no one knows what it is to live with pain. And, but my dad, after that, we got along chummily. It was like, I, um, I think I was the most like my mom in some ways of the family, like the most drawn to that kind of curiosity of people really had no problem talking at the depth of heartfelt like a wear your heart on the sleeve type of thing and my mom wouldn't do that but I, when I was with her I would go right at it with her <laughs> and ask her you know what's love and stuff like I just was a uh, goofy that way but in that way uh, when I got to hang out with my dad I really did once again appreciating what some of the things as the young person 16 17 18 you probably had to put aside when you're in the military and then you become a professional and raise a family to you get to find later on in life and um it's never too late right mm -hmm. to hold your son and love them and i'm saying how he held me never held you know it wasn't his mo and then how he could see i was holding and loving our children as just a a passing of that love in different ways, right? Every generation gets an opportunity. You heal it a little bit more. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think so. So that's it. That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. That's all I got. Well, like growth and healing that's happening clearly still to this day for you, I would assume. And I think yeah, that's why this work think, feels so impactful. Yeah, I think the thing that I've really come to understand from uh, the people I've met through Fabian, like those things that are trauma triggered and all the rest of them, when you're in that safe place, I don't see them, right? Because I'm not with them back in Fredericton or their community or places. So we're here in Piper's Glen and it's just, it's surrounded by a sense of support. So I get to see that in this supportive place, which is amazing. And yet I can understand, like just understand from my own life and working with young people in care that when it goes down, it goes down hard. And for the, it, that hardness is, is like, I'm no good. I fucked up, you know, besides all the things that externally are going on around you. And I think that's where I love this idea that we can create a sense of place that's a mm -hmm. practice and then communities of practice. So the awareness in our communities we live in, just that there's so many levels of trauma, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah, veterans are, definitely not just for veterans. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'm plenty traumatized myself. For, I'm not in the military. See, there you go. <laughs> Spider web of trauma that we're all just trying to get our way out of, you know, yeah. <laughs> or make sense of. Big time. You have to come to terms with that was the hand that you were dealt at some point if you want to heal right mm -hmm. like that's just part of it but 
you can get out of it and learn new skills on your way out and feel supported. I think that that's the key to like a healthy life for sure. Yeah. And our daughter who I, Jeanette came to live with us when she was four, not four years old, four and a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, this wild energy ball of energy of just incredible intelligence, but really (laughs) everything triggered her to every level of character. And, um, what is the really, yeah, I get it. I get it. What's been beautiful. Yeah. I say no more. And so what's beautiful about her right now is that she's really been able to be at ceremonies with, myself and Margaret at Fabian's, you know, the Remembrance Day, where there's just a huge kind of recognition of, of sadness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not remembering people who died. It's sadness of our people, of ourselves, right? It's almost like a for lost inside of us. And I'm not saying they're not crying about their comrades they've lost, but it's also just a general weeping of how hard it is to find yourself, right? In that, yeah. in that, ceremony to be surrounded by 50 people or 40 people and so she's done a fair amount of like exploring the use of cannabis in different ways to help her manage her her triggers her trauma right so and she's just 18 just turned 19 so having Fabian and Julianne normalizing that journey like the journey is okay the journey is not I'm the freak the journey is not you know I'm no good. The journey is life. Just like you said, Cal, the journey is life. Now, how do I make sense of it and help with the medicine, find the right treatment so that I can find myself, you know, in relationships where I can be a partner with people and I don't have to be flipping out and mm-hmm. losing my confidence. Was that your experience and... with, with cannabis? What is your experience with cannabis? Cause I know you're referencing to your daughter. So how did it help you? Yeah. So, I mean, I've smoked a lot when I was younger and I'm really kind of off of it since 30 years. To really? <laughs> and, okay. and so then in getting back into it, it's very moderate use for me. And yet I find it this beautiful, creative place for me. So for my daughter, it's a place and for her too, it's a creative place. Uh, but it's more for two sometimes just to manage those times where it just becomes really painful inside your head and really damaging really in terms of, yeah, exactly. The real manic thing where you're, you're going through it, your heart's moving, beating fast, your head's starting to like shoot these panic attacks. Mm-hmm. They're really have. debilitating. Horrible. So for me, I'm fortunate, you know, both on the side of that, I've been given lots of support and my own internal kind of being allows me to kind of keep moving forward. But also I think this idea of having um, good fortune, right? Um, The setbacks I had, they're all relative. Everyone's setbacks are all relative, but to actually the setbacks I have is because I've been in places where people are really having a tough time and it's, Mm -hmm. it's caused partly by me. You know, I'm partly the trigger, right? I'm just it. So I've been really fortunate to have people who stay with me. It's so important in the process of healing. Forgiveness of self, you have to. Otherwise, it's never going to, that chain's never going to break. Totally. Totally. So we're on it for life, right? I mean, I'm just on it for life. I'm on this journey for life now that Fabian and I've signed on for Veterans for Healing. And my journey will be- The stories have been so impactful, I have to say. We've we've been learning so much. Mm-hmm. So, so much. I'm excited for more episodes to come out. I, I hope that you guys love what we've been doing with it. You know, it's been, we've, it's been a learning curve for us. We're learning so much. We're taking it in. We're processing these stories. Um, a lot of the guys went deep really quick and yeah. really opened up in a way that maybe we thought we were going to have to dance around or whatever. Everyone's come authentic and with their truth. And it's been really cool to to be a part of one and then to go back and listen to it and get to re-experience it again. It's you learn something each time. And I, mm-hmm. I hope that these stick around for a long, long time. And though they're beautiful. They are. And, and the beauty is in their willingness to be vulnerable. We, like Kala just said, I mean, we were both very surprised with 
just how open these guys have been with sharing all the details, um, painful ones that they have worked through and are currently working through. And it gives me so much hope because people that are listening in their cars or, you know, everyone's dealing with their own stuff. And just to hear somebody open up about something that was and is painful for them, it just gives, just automatically gives you a little more courage to maybe think about doing the same thing. Yeah, and it gives credit, yeah. too, to the foundation in which Veterans for Healing was created, which you shared with us, you yeah. know, it just, it proves that that's, like, in its bloodstream, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone that somehow it overlapped, they have that same genuine feeling of being willing to be open and to be vulnerable and to just go towards the path of healing, and it, it translates, so job job well done to you and yeah. baby and for <laughs> what you're doing, because it's the, the, the spread is, is far and wide. And I know that's not a term anyone wants to hear right now, but it's true in, in the best way. <laughs> We're trying to spread like COVID over here, all right? Yeah, just spread kindness and love, but in like a good way. And it's been yeah. cool to be able to tap into that and, and to have our networks cross over. I, I know both Leanne and I are just like, we can't believe we know these people. We feel that about you. Like the first time we met you, we're like, what are we in this meeting for right now? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> and that's been another general theme too of how people meet Fabian and, and how all of this has just come to be. And we're right along on that journey with everybody. So it's been a really cool and unique, just like bonding experience for both of our teams to kind of come together too. Mm-hmm. And it's been awesome. Oh, I love it. I mean, I love the idea that you're struck by it in the way that uh, so many others, just with a sense of like, this is this is kind of sacred ground that we're creating in the space, right? And just it feels grounding. Yeah. And and I think what you're doing, both of you, Cal and Leanne, is like creating a sense of um, you're honoring this story, which too often we don't take the time to honor the story. And by honoring the story, we, we do bring the life to where it needs to be. And I think that's beautiful. And I really think if there's a lesson for us or there's a journey for us to take from this is how do we incorporate that story into our work as, as you know, the support and mentoring and fostering of safe spaces that allow people to not just have the option to have fun, but there is kind of the circle of, of the story that's the next story you know after the story of my journey to get here then what's the story of today or the story of the challenge of today so that we constantly allow people to just have that space right no but it's it's beautiful what you're bringing together as a practice of that so that it won't be alienating to people when it's introduced with a some of these people are core to fabian's um team opening them up to this um is uh well it honestly it's it's an important gift for us all fabian's thrilled happy to be that space that allows for that that means a lot to both of us we've worked i don't want to say we've worked really hard because i feel like it is a natural offset of who leanne and i are we're we're not trying to be anything different than who we are so we're glad that it's it's seen and appreciated that that means a lot to both of us yeah and just the fact that it was fabian that recognized it i mean he's trying to create a real life community that is safe and for healing and we've been creating an online version essentially and for him well trying to you know and for him to recognize that just felt like really great i mean it just kind of was validation for us that okay we're we're on the right page we're doing the right thing in the right way and um, I feel like that's when the people get brought into your life that you're supposed to and work with. That was like another common thread throughout all of this is that people talk about when they meet Fabian and they're in alignment and they don't know how this is happening, but you just feel that connection. You get that buzzy feeling throughout your body. And I know we've all had that. We all know what that feels like. And to me, that can only be a sign of something that's good because it feels good and, it, and it's good within your soul. So it's mm-hmm. nice to be a part of something like that. And when you're lined up, everything's lining up and you're just on the right path and you just feel good 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 that's that spread i'm talking about (laughs) it's what it's about it's what it's about and everyone has it everyone has it it's just rarely do people surround themselves with as much generosity as fabian in other words the giving quality of each of us is there right but we Mm -hmm. fabian really just has a mission that I would have loved to have met him at 18 and met him at 25, at 30, really Wasn't because there's just yet. this- You gotta trust that timing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but there's just this growth in his trajectory. <laughs> yeah. 
just what he was like in all his roles because he he hasn't changed who he is he's just formed really the fabian that he wants to be um but yeah. he's always i think been possessed of a certain quality that now is is focused yeah. and like focused in a general he's got this beautiful palette and he's just throwing colors and and fabric and and it's like a collage of just beauty yeah. and then it attracts people like yourself and it attracts the next person here and the next person there yeah. and in that way um if we had one, you know how in a most, uh, you know, tribal communities or anything, you would have just had the kind of the shaman or the person who's the gift giver of welcoming. And probably a matriarchy was very important in a lot of that work of community belonging. And Fabian just is epitomized a very beautiful part of his self, right? Which isn't the macho thing. It's this kind of more matriarchal female side which is really about nurturing and supporting. Um, and his maturity around that is is something special at 40 to be yeah, really I'm convinced he's aware of that. 4,000 years old. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I don't, I'm not even convinced he, he's a real life person. And yeah, he's I get to shake his hand. We don't even know what Fabian know. is yet. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I understand the concept of Fabian. It's like yeah. Bigfoot. Like you see pictures and you hear about him and he's magical, but I, I have to see him to believe him in real life. Yeah. That's so he's coming. He's coming. He's Fabian coming. is the end of a rainbow. I love yeah. it. He's open to joy, living his best life. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, good. that's great. That's great. I wanted to ask you, Jim, just as a parent, because um, being in Texas, there's definitely a stigma around cannabis. And, um, you know, we grew up with the whole like drugs will scramble your brain showing like the, the fried eggs and stuff. Um, how did you in a parental role kind of normalize the use of cannabis as like a healing tool for Jeanette and just for the other kids? So with my, yeah. I think, you know, because of my experience with cannabis uh, growing up, um, my, ma my, my father's a medical doctor. He never really freaked out. He's a research medical doctor. He never really freaked out that his sons were all using cannabis. So he had set the tone. If someone who really cares about the molecular biological health of human beings isn't that freaked out, like he never gave us the lecture that you're going to scramble your brain. He used to say, like, you can go to jail doing this. So if you're going to keep doing this, just be aware. Yeah. But I think the kind of support from the society that was in, 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 in my life, very important and influencing me, it was just the way that I approached it. It's everyone's going to experiment. Everyone's going to try things. Sometimes they're going to find real health through this. Like alcohol rarely does anything for a young mind. But when we're looking at cannabis in terms of what it can do in all the different forms, whether it's CBD or THC or low level, or, you know, this whole world is opened up as an educational opportunity that for my birth children, I didn't have to worry about it. Like they just would be really moderate in all their behaviors growing up. But for the young people in, in care, it landed at the right time too with Fabian, but just as the kind of medical legalization in Canada was occurring in 2007, there was an openness to it. If you wanted to look at it yeah. from a clinical treatment, it was being understood in Canada out of all the countries in the world, we were quite a ways ahead. Like we've been in this 14 years. Um, yeah. So I do think it's a maturity now where I could talk to pretty well anybody about the potential benefits without prescribing anything. And we really do appreciate where Fabian came from it uh, with his knowledge and the work that he did in studying it because he became quite, you know, I think pretty accomplished in being able to stand, understand trauma. So then how does it work for pain and how does it work for sleeplessness and how does it work for eczema and all these other things create an open opportunity for us to stop stigmatizing mm -hmm. what is a whole spectrum of a plant, not just to getting high, but the whole spectrum of the plant and its potential for our society. And I think if my father was alive, honestly, he would understand how the cannabinoid system works and how replacing the 
deficiency in when you're in this kind of like toxic or continual trauma, you know, when you're in an anxious state for long periods, he would say, this makes sense. And when you look at it that way, it's not getting high, it's taking care of yourself so that you can manage that. So that's where we're at the frontier. Honestly, the thing that I'm really excited about for Veterans for Healing is that we can understand better what works for the individual, for cohorts of people, and we can look at the recovery from that. So it's not just treating the symptoms, but getting to a level of health, which maybe reduces the active ingredient in THC, maybe looks at a more balanced lifestyle, eating well, taking care of yourself, finding other modalities of health and learning that come from that safety of community so that we can really start to move past what is a, it's a, you know, a fairly strong drug, the level they use to actually take care of themselves when they're in the triggered state. We really see this as exciting for the world, whether you're a sexual abuse survivor, whether you're a first responder, whether you're someone who's a volunteer firefighter uh, in a small community who's been out to a couple of tragic accidents. How do we help them? know what's best for them and have the clinicians know what possibly works for you. So I don't think it's an exact science, but we'd say, well, who are you, Kala? Tell me about your experience. What's your blood type? What's your sleeping patterns? And then we'd have the list of things, but you would feel like you could be the expert on this because you will not be threatened or fearful. And we really start to hold this plant differently because it's unique. And to the people that have trauma that, maybe aren't cannabis users is it a safe space for them to come and learn and be around it to try to understand i think so i think that's the Great. whole the point here is to not like go from zero to 100 it's really to go low and slow in whatever way the space is safe for you and to explore the question first that leanne asks is the is the best way it's just to explore what's your belief about this what have you heard mm-hmm. and what do we know and what do you know and then we can start to build out that what That's is a really a qualitative that clinical like a side, not a kind gym. of like, <laughs> luckily it's not me. Yeah, luckily <laughs> that's not me. You know, I mean, I think that's the system. All I do is dream up that, they, that the research could be, the research could be done and have a lot fast. of fun with it. And the research could be done. I love that you said you need to be the expert because that, I mean, that's the case whether it's cannabis or even my own experience on the birth control pill. I mean, my doctor didn't tell me half of the side effects of taking a hormonal birth control pill. And I had to find out for myself because I was getting weird reactions. I was getting a chronically chapped, swollen lips and I was getting dark spots on my skin and asking my doc, going to see my doctor and asking, could this be the pill? Cause it was literally the only thing that I was taking even supplements. I wasn't even taking supplements. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And so these doctors either don't know, or sometimes don't share what is possible that could happen to you. You have to be the expert. You have to be the expert because we're all so different. We're all like little aliens. Like, yeah, we're all humans, but everyone is so different in every way. No one Um, size fits all. No, you can't trust a doctor to just hand you over your magic, you know, healing medication, whatever that may be, you have to be the expert. I think that was a great, great statement. And you know yourself, right? Cannabis is not like an aspirin. It doesn't have that same whatever dosage effect and whatever, or Tylenol or ibuprofen. It's a, such a wide ranging spectrum of potential effects whether it's really high THC, high myrcene, this thing mixed up with this. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think going back to this thing, what we have to learn is the unlimited ability to learn together, right? So the expertise comes from exactly from us back into a system. Who grew it? How was it grown? Was it the same grown last time? Is the genetics the same? Is it organic? Um, you know, and then going into what day, how did I use it? And then uh, for our clinicians to understand that, that might not be the prescription for the next person. Mm-hmm. But we can all learn that this is what this one person had. So this, I can't believe we're here in this day and age talking like this about something that has been really demonized for so long. And we're in a place now where we've got 
cohorts of people and imagine the u.s and the number of veterans that can't access medical cannabis for whatever reason for whatever reason costs uh access to it um and whatever and it's not the same quality like you can't even choose quality you just can't even get it and here we are in canada talking at a level where we're going to start to create levels of health and recovery mm-hmm. like we already got the cannabis covered but we still don't know you know, and that's what Veterans of England is really excited to do is to provide access to really good, high quality, consistent, organic medicine mm. so that it's not a shit show. Not one <laughs> week it was from yeah. here. Next week it was like somebody's moldy stuff and it right. stop that. Let's stop that. And so I think I'm on every level. I'm super excited and I'm not going to be the CEO forever. I'm getting out of this role as soon as I can. And I'm back <laughs> no, in the woods. No, you're not. You got and, green. And I'm green back in the there. woods. <laughs> I'm back in the woods. No. <laughs> Fabian and I got dreams plenty. We're like, we're <laughs> the bongo say, team. You guys will keep finding each other. It's How many times do you want to go through this? We got one yeah, no. to do. That's amazing. <laughs> That's right. Oh. We'll be different every time. Who are you now? What do you look like? Exactly. Oh It'll keep happening until the job's done. I love it. Oh, I love that's it. It's so, so beautiful. Jim, you mentioned barefoot walking. Um, can you talk a little bit about that for our listeners, what the benefits of that are? Hi, yeah. You know, that's a trust mechanism, right, for yourself. Like to be cold, to be hungry, and to be barefoot out in the woods. It's just, it's kind of that mindful practice where you could kind of put your foot down. You got to put your foot down. <laughs> don't i'm not sure how hard you're gonna put your foot down and that might be something sticking out of there but it's kind of this idea it just slows you down mm-hmm. slows you down in your walking your awareness and you're not kind of this force field going forward all the time you're actually going down mm-hmm. going down mm-hmm. and you can stop more because you're there it feels like you're there and so well, here in cape breton um might be similar to alabama or is it Arkansas? Is it Alabama? I'm in Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, what? not far. And so it could be similar to a, a soft forest right there where there's moss and things like that. So it actually opens up a whole sensory thing from your feet to your mind because you slow down. You maybe walk more like a predator. Mm. You know what I mean? You're kind of placing your foot see. like your cat. You know I how your cat walks cat like your walk cat? Like a predator. That's how your cat go there. Yeah, yeah, he's right. He's not cow. very predator. That's oh. it. But a cat. I don't yep. think the or predator wears yoga there. pants and carries a water bottle, but I'll do my best. <laughs> you do your best, Cal. I will. I will. Some of us are like herding unglets, like like I heard of bison or or whatever, you know, wildebeest going across the tundra. But I love the idea that it slows you down so your awareness is where you need to be. Versus getting from A to B, which shoes allow you to do. Shoes allow you to do. Mm -hmm. This is now, I may not be getting from A to B, but everywhere I'm going, I'm totally aware of where I'm at. And I think that's where Fabian and I, and I've just had lots of time to do that. But working a lot with kids in care, lots of people that come here uh, and do a lot of camps with young people. And, uh, you know, by the end of the week, they're immersed in themselves. Mm -hmm. They're immersed. That sounds like exhausting, purposeful work. <laughs> totally exhausting. Like it'd be your twins, like times five throughout life. Like twins at six no, years I'm old. I'm keeping my shoes on, Jim. Like, what am I'm I gonna, doing? I'm keeping my shoes on. <laughs> She's got shoes and a mask, gloves. Yeah, I've got what I can handle. You're running. <laughs> but I'm going to be here while I handle it. I'm going to do the best that I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my commitment to this right now <laughs> i know what you're talking about i know what you're talking about mom that's it's awesome. a big one too it's a big one yeah doesn't matter you're canoeing down a river it doesn't matter if you're snowshoeing or skiing it sometimes it's just it's not that you don't want to get exercise get your exercise but just enjoy where the hell you're at mm. you don't yeah. always worry about getting there i feel that big time these days more so than I ever have in any part of my life, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Heavy, but it's beautiful. I mean, it does. It makes you want to be here. It makes the, it makes cooking dinner not so bad. You know, it makes mm. the time around the table more special. And, you know, I'll start crying, but it's true. You know, it's, it's all those things. And what's that from? 
for you, Kala? What was the what was the catalyst for that? Is it oh, moving? Is God, it COVID? We don't Is have it... that much time. Oh, <laughs> Lord, that's why I'm trying to write a book. I got to get all these stories out. <laughs> but um, no, it just a, a sense of self, a lot of just recognizing and forgiving and loving myself. Um, it has. It's so funny. I think for the longest time, I thought it had to do with a lot of people around me, but it actually had nothing to do with them. It was mm. definitely my experience and what they brought to my life. And so unpacking a lot of that and coming to peace with it has really been my journey into just being able to step into who I want to be for sure. Thank you for attending Thank my you. TED talk. Thanks for that. <laughs> That's cool. She'll be here all week. <laughs> There's the shortest TED talk ever. <laughs> You're welcome. We don't want me to ramble. Let me tell you. It's like I have a podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a podcast. Oh. We know you have yeah. super important work to do and you have to do it in this lifetime. So we're going to let you go, get back to it, but keep having those big ideas. And thank you so much for coming here and and talking with us about Veterans for Healing and, and giving us this opportunity to jump on board and be part of Stories of Healing. It's, it's meant a lot to both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the work you're doing, well, Thanks Jim. to you both. And yeah. Look, thank you for uh, jumping in and connecting with Fabian and bringing, I've gone now, now who's Fabian connecting us to? For God's sake. <laughs> oh my sake. gosh. Can you for having a conversation. <laughs> and then, and then I can't wait to start to listen in. Fabian just told me of some of the ones that are already, you guys already done and how amazing they are. So I can't wait to just kind of, once again, let's just have a great time kind of sharing part of the journey together that you guys have jumped in on a big part of it. So thank you. Thank Absolutely. you for somehow catching this wave and being on it with us. And, and we'll look forward to it as it grows to uh, getting yeah. you up here, Cal take off your shoes. You're going to go walk. <laughs> Leanne, you're going to get married and come back to Canada and we're not going to go to Ontario. Going oh my to go God, you're the time. second person oh to say that. You and Tyson, I swear. That's well, so funny. Yeah, it's just, it's the timing. Ontario is not the place to be right now, but, but yeah, no, we fully plan on it. Um, you know, my, my fiance loves barefoot walking, so he'd fit right in with you guys. I'll tell you that. Woo it's a new cult. It's a new cult. Okay, I didn't sign off okay. on that. No. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't in the contract. That's so awesome. Big uh, dreams and dirty feet. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever we don't get to, we'll, we'll circle back in the next forest in the next lifetime and we'll we'll deal with it then. So I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be beautiful. Perfect. Okay, so well, we take good care of you, you too. Yeah, can't you, wait to meet too. you in real life, Jim. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> you too. Talk right. to you soon, Bye. girls. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HDC community. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Combo. For information on all of our shows, guests, and more, visit htcpod.com. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Talk soon. <laughs>